You are listening to Gems for Success, a podcast to empower you to push to your limits, achieve your goals, and promote growth in your life, businesses, careers, and academics. My name is Yabirago, and I'll be co-hosting with Yan Yamicha and Jennifer Manqua. We will be having a heart-to-heart conversations with people from all walks of life who are at the top of your industry to share their knowledge and journey on how they elevated to their capacity and to help others achieve their goals and live their best lives. Hang on tight because we will be dropping the gems. Today's quote is, success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. By Arthur Ashe. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of Gems for Success. On this episode, I will be chatting with Aina Aju, the CEO and the co-founder of Cupcakes Boutique Ghana. So on our first episode on relocation, we got a good a lot of good feedback on uh, on the topic, and we thought, hey, why not um, do another segment on the same topic? However, bring someone that has been there, done that, and has succeeded. And we thought about no other person but Aina Edu. And um, today I'll be chatting with her on um, various um, topics on how someone in someone in transitional considering to relocate will know the new environment. Um, is right for them and and to succeed and thrive and also talk about some of the roadblocks that she faced and the struggles that you may encounter when you move to a new location. We will also discuss about, you know, um, different things that you need to consider when you relocate and the steps that you need to um, take um, when you want to do a new business in a new um, environment. So um, we will also go in depth about how um, she was able to scale up her business and also um, keep the business relevant on um, both online and offline. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. And, and just to give you a big background about Aina, um, she's an entrepreneur from Toronto, Canada. Aina Edu was born in Ghana, West Africa, migrated to Toronto, Canada at the age of four. She did all her former education in Canada and relocated to Ghana in 2009. And after a short career in the banking industry, she ventured into various businesses in both Nigeria and Ghana. And after helping establish Temple house in Nigeria, she decided to turn her passion for culinary art um, into a business. And that's how she partnered with two of her business partner, Dede and Ruby, to start Cupcakes Boutique. And I mean, she was able to work with her partners and turn Cupcakes Boutique to a huge monument in Accra, Ghana. And if you go to Ghana and you do not visit Cupcake Boutique to even have a taste of their cupcakes, then you have not been to Ghana. And uh, I'm so, so, so honored to have Aina with me today here to talk about her her, her journey, um, her journey to start this, um, to start her company. And basically just share some gems with you guys about how, what she did and how she did it and how she got there. So please, please stay tuned. And she's about to drop the gems. So thank you, Aina, so much for joining, um, 
gems for success today so today's topic as i i discussed already it's about relocation a lot of people are considering to relocate um to a different country a new city and um Aina, you have been one person that i know that you've succeeded and you have um you have overcome all the challenges that comes with relocation so i thought you'd be the perfect person to come on this podcast and continue the segment about relocation so the first question i'm going to ask you is how did it all start and what inspired you to relocate to ghana hi priscilla um first and foremost i'd like to thank you for having me on your show this is definitely a big honor um like you said, so what inspired me to relocate? It didn't happen overnight and it still is an ongoing journey and a, pro a process. Um, I relocated back to Ghana in 2009. Prior to that, um, I had been coming to Ghana, you know, here and there, just kind of on Christmas holidays and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, when you come for Christmas holidays, everyone's like, oh yeah, I could definitely live here until you know, after <laughs> yeah. Christmas. And it's like February and you're like, okay, what else goes on in this country when there's no parties and stuff to attend? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I relocated back in um, 2009. And when I first came back, I was working with Zenith Bank. I mean, um, I definitely came back and I did the whole corporate entity thing. Mm -hmm. I was working for another company called Stella Logistics. I was a marketing manager over there. And then once I left that role, I decided that, you know what, maybe let me try and explore different avenues. Um, hence, I got into some other stuff, procurement and stuff in Lagos, Nigeria, as well as in Ghana. And then um, prior after that came, you know, the birth of Cupcake Boutique. But the relocation thing pretty much, I think, kind of was brought about when I was doing the back and forth and I realized that, you know what, being in Canada was very limited. I love the fact that every time I would come to Ghana, there were like just businesses left, right, and center. Like mm. everyone in Ghana is an entrepreneur. Everyone yeah. is a business that is, person. Yeah, that's you know, very like, true. <laughs> from, you know, the store that's called like by God's grace to the woman who's selling <laughs> sugar on the street to the cocoa seller to the watches seller. Everyone literally is an entrepreneur mm -hmm. just because I feel that the environment cultivates that because you know there aren't that many jobs it's one of those situations where it's like there aren't that many jobs for you to do so you got to kind of create your own opportunity mm -hmm. so that was what kind of inspired me that oh my gosh you know look at how people are thriving people are bustling yes there are obviously the challenges that come with it but mm -hmm. you know what because it's an emerging market you know that anything you do will more or less kind of be successful or you can say that you know what I'm going to decide to let's say package, I don't know, like sand and <laughs> yeah. depending on how you package it, people are going to buy it. There's a market for everything market. just because as well. Ghana doesn't necessarily manufacture or produce anything. So a lot of the stuff that you see on ground are, is imported. So mm. I figured I was like, if I have the opportunity or the advantage to obviously go back and forth between North America or Canada and come back to Ghana, why not, you mm. know, look to start something on ground and mind you when i say starting something on ground like cupcake boutique wasn't born overnight it, yeah. it definitely is not an overnight success story so that's one thing i'll always tell everyone like cupcake boutique is not an overnight success story it's however many years in the making that maybe you know behind the scenes and the background stuff that people don't necessarily see so yeah. um i think the, the what actually initially brought me back to ghana was the fact that it was such a 
um, it was such a, an environment that, you know, fostered entrepreneurship. It, it allowed for you to be extremely creative yep. as in like people, I know people who have opened up hair salons and never in a million years would they ever have thought they're going to open up a hair salon because yeah. the environment pretty much, I would say sometimes dictates what it is you're going to do. Mm. Um, just because if you're in Canada and you went to school, let's say for marketing, when you finish school, um, you more or less try to find something within your field. Even yeah, if you in don't marketing. find something, yeah, in marketing. If you don't mm-hmm. find something, let's say within your field, you try to find something that's similar to that, right? So Both, a, lot of yeah. a lot of transferable skills. But in Ghana, you'll come back and let's say you went to school for marketing, but you come back and you realize that on ground there's a demand for like. I don't know, let's say as people are selling, like, let's say Brazilian hair. So people now just start getting into the hair business only because it's not what they've necessarily always had a passion for, but they realize that there's an opportunity there's a need. or there was a need exactly. Mm. And they just jumped up on that. need. So the relocation, um, pretty much, I would say was the whole entrepreneur um, environment that kind of fostered a lot yeah. of the relocation. And um, at the time, the person that I was with kind of was between Ghana and Nigeria so I said you know what why not move to Ghana made me closer to the continent I love the place I had been coming since like the year 2000 so why yeah. not you know take, yeah. take that leap of faith and and, <laughs> and jump yeah so yeah. that was pretty much kind of what um, brought me back in 2009. Okay thank you thank you and you know you talked about um, opportunities that you saw in Ghana and a lot of people, um, for myself, for example, when I first went to Ghana in 2013, what I noticed was that there was a lot of um, plastic bags. There was a lot of plastic bags. So I decided when I came back to Canada, I'm like, oh my God, this is an awesome opportunity for me to, you know, start a business in Ghana. Right. And um, I did plan to move to Ghana. That was another perp- another um, another reason I wanted to move to Ghana to start a business. But of course certain things um happen over here i wasn't able to move the time that i wanted to move but so for for me or for someone that's thinking to move to ghana um i know you started working with like you know working with other um corporations before you started your own thing is it a good idea for someone to you know relocate and automatically start a business and uh, and thrive or do you think they'll be best for them to kind of test the waters first and um, you know, um, see what's going on, see what the need is before they actually jump into something. Um, that's a great question. I would say that within my core group of friends, and just off of the top of my head, like four people or three people: um, Obaya, Nana. Um, Obaya owns Creative Consults. Nana owns Polished. Um, a lot of the people that I know that actually came back, let's say returnees or from the diaspora who are Ghanaians, mm-hmm. when they came back, they went and worked for a corporate entity. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes a part of the reason why we end up doing that or people end up doing that is because it's almost like a soft landing where it gives you a chance to be able to experience the dynamics and how things work in Ghana. Mm. Um, Not that I would say that somebody shouldn't come back and open up a business right away, but the environment here, especially the business, business environment is completely different than it is in North America, Europe, wherever. So coming back to Ghana, I would say that when you you do want to start a business, it's important for you to understand the environment first and foremost, right? Mm. Like how business is done again in Canada is completely different than how business is done in Ghana. Mm. 
Yeah. Ghana is a fast paced, a little bit more fast paced environment than in Canada. Okay. It's very much of a cash system. It's very much of a, a business of who you know. It's very mm. much of a business of, you know, how you're going to go about what it is you want to do. So some people will come to Ghana, let's say on Christmas holidays and say, oh, yeah, you know what? I could I could live here. But guess what? Come to Ghana in February and ask yourself, can you really live here when it's not constant parties, when it's not constant, like going out and it's not constant, like, you know, just hanging out with your friends when it's just the everyday life of the average Ghanaian waking up, going through the hustle and the bustle Mm. and the ups and downs and the challenges that come with doing business in the environment. So first I would, I would say to anyone who does want to start a business in Ghana, even if you come and you don't work for, let's say, a corporate entity, Mm -hmm. and you happen to just be on ground and study the people, study the environment, study what it is you want to do, why it is you want to do it. Is it actually going to work or is it going to thrive in this market? Just because something that is going to work in Canada may not necessarily work in Ghana. Like I had a conversation with someone who they said they wanted to open up like, let's say a kid's salon, right? In mm-hmm. Or like, like not a salon, but you know, they have these like new girl salons where girl girls, salon. yeah, girls I know. go and like, have like their birthday like parties. Like a spa, yeah, exactly yeah. Exactly, like a spa mm-hmm. type experience. Yeah. And I said to the person, you know what, it's a great idea. But personally for me, I think that's something that you do when you've kind of have another business, which is your bread and butter. Because that type of business with the spa, guess what? Monday to Friday, no one's actually showing up at your business. It's only Saturdays and let's say Sundays, that's going to be the core of your business. So on Monday to Friday, you don't have a a revenue. There's no income coming in, right? Because the Mm -hmm. business is more or less closed. So something like that, you know, you need to just study the trends. You need to understand how things work and the dynamics of the people of Ghana, right? So when you come back, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And you may think that, oh, for whatever reason, it should work. Unfortunately, sometimes things don't work Mm -hmm. just because the people that are on ground or the people that are in Ghana are not like gravitating towards, let's say, the idea. It's Mm -hmm. not that the idea isn't good. It's just that the environment that you brought that idea may not necessarily work. May not thrive. Yeah, may not help you thrive. Like the service industry in, in Canada, North America, Europe, abroad, is great. People understand the service industry. People understand that I'm going to pay for a service. In mm-hmm. Ghana, it's a little bit different for Ghanaians to understand that, like, why should I pay for this service? Like, mm-hmm. why? It's like <laughs> consulting. In North America, like, consulting yeah. is huge. Yeah. In Ghana, yeah. somebody thinks, like, why can't I just talk to you for you to give me the information for free? No. Like, why do I need to pay <laughs> you? You know, especially with customer service, like you try to do customer service training when I was at Zenith Bank, you know, in terms of customer service training, employee, employer relations and all of that kind of stuff. It's it's amazing in North America, but in Ghana, people are like, oh, customer service. Like if I'm selling something and I don't give great customer service, who cares? If you don't buy, someone else will come and buy it. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. the service industry, you just need to understand that whatever it is you want to do, it should be. Um, conducive to the environment in environment. which you want to do it in. Exactly. So. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for dropping the gems. It was actually, you went straight into the next question I was going to ask you <laughs> about, you know, how people should like, you know, if somebody's considering to relocate, what like what they should consider um, in terms of like a new environment, what to do to like, you know, succeed and thrive. So you kind of went in straight there. So I'm going to ask you another question. Um, um 
just sorry, just to kind of add to that, you know, like yeah. I said, um, there, there, this is another uh, misconception that I believe people have in terms of success, right? Success is not a destination. Like you don't become successful mm-hmm. because you've arrived. Like the success is not overnight. To me, I think success is being able to constantly learn, being mm-hmm. able to constantly grow, being able to constantly experience new things, being able to constantly see, you know, different opportunities or whatever. So when people say, oh, someone is successful, it's, it, it, what is success, right? It's, a, yeah. it's relative in the sense of what you, generally we kind of say, oh, you know, if someone has a car, they have a good job, they have money or they have yeah. some type of money, whatever you say, oh, that person is successful. But I think um, to not have to put so much pressure or to not have to kind of throw the word around or say, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, people come and they think, okay, I'm going to go to Ghana and I'm going to live this lavish, amazing lavish dream. My business is going to turn around, right? My business yeah. is going to turn around overnight. And it's, and I always say like, if you're ready to put in the work, you're going to yield results, but mm-hmm. just understand that being on ground or just coming to Ghana doesn't mean that you're going to have like, let's say an overnight as per se success. And I mean, in brackets, success story, right? Like, mm-hmm coming to Ghana is is a lot of work being here requires literally for you to be like you need to be your manager you need to be the cleaner you need to be the electrician you need to be the plumber you need to be everything in order for the business to thrive or to do well so you have to be ready and willing to you know put in the effort understand like I said the people understand the dynamics Um, and once you once you like get that I think a lot of things kind of fall into place. Okay, thank you. I really like the fact that you touched upon um, what success what success actually means to you because a lot of people, um, the definition of success means different things. And many people, when they think about success, it's about you know the big cars and the big house and the and the big yeah. thing. But it really comes down to like you know your learning curve and learning every every day, learning, um, you know, actually learning from your mistakes, you know, developing. And also for me, I find that success also is about influencing others around you, right? Influencing people that actually um, are looking up to you and, and impacting people's life. Because if you're, if you have all that big stuff and you're not actually giving to people through knowledge and also passing your knowledge and other things that you've learned um, to them, then what is really success? Like, you know, I don't think that you've been able to actually achieve that height of success, but thank you very much for dropping the gems. Um, I wanted to ask you another question is, um, I wanted to ask you another question. I know that many times, you know, I, I get scared when I, when I mean, when, when I'm thinking about relocating to Ghana, because, you know, everything is different, everything in terms of, um, the way people do things, the way people perceive things are quite different from what we go through here each and every single day. Right. So I know you may have encountered some, some, issues or, or struggles some or, i think some is an understatement <laughs> what are yeah what are what are some of the roadblocks or challenges you encountered oh and my how gosh where are my two business partners when i have to tell you some of the stuff <laughs> that like you just experienced in ghana um i think everyone that you talk to that has let's say moved to ghana or attempted to move to ghana or lives in ghana currently can definitely attest to or like 
you know, say that, you know what, everyone has a story, like everyone has a journey. And guess what? It's an ongoing journey. Like the stories are for days, Priscilla, mm. from, you know, <laughs> our, I traveled one time and then my, my flat that I lived in, um, my neighbors, for whatever reason, like their generator caught on fire and God being so good. I lived on the first floor. It's a three-story apartment building and everyone above me, and this is just by the grace of God, everyone up in my flat, like everyone's mm -hmm. unit was burnt literally to like, you couldn't recognize anything. Yeah. I, I um, think I, I remember that incident. I think you posted yes. it. And, and I, yes, and exactly. I, and it, it honestly, when I saw it, I was like, wow, you know, but yes. thank God it's you're here to, to, to share your story. And the, the generator literally was right beside my bedroom. So like my bedroom windows got shattered my like some of my perfume none of my perfumes burnt um and I just say the perfumes because I remember it was right by the window by my dresser yeah. but um it was just amazing how my unit should have been the first unit to catch fire but you know the story just reminded me of Shedrach, Mesrach and Abednego when they were put in the the, mm -hmm. the fiery furnace where you know they they were meant to burn and they said like God protected them when they opened yeah. up the furnace the next day they were still intact, like not even a cinch. Yet the 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 jailers on the outside and the guards got burnt, got and burned. the men who were inside of the fire and the furnace didn't get burned. So, yeah. you know, the the people who were above us, they worked. I think it was like with the were they with the American Embassy? I forget. Like they were expats. The lady on top of us, she was um, she was like the was it a Togolese diplomat? Something. She had another prominent like role as well, and. Her flat, like she lost her passport. She literally lost wow. everything. Wow. The other people also lost everything. And our apartment was not touched. Wow. And it was just by the grace of God. And you know, how many people can tell a story? Tell like I came to, to Ghana and like, yeah, my whole apartment <laughs> building. Like, literally, it was like, you know, it was yeah. just by the grace of God. And then, you know, just the challenges of having to, you know, come up with, let's say, renting Ghana if you want to rent a place if you're not like living with family members mm -hmm. and you want to rent a place you have to come up with one to two years rent upfront money you know and uh -huh. mind you one to two years rent if you're paying if somebody tells you you're renting Ghana is a thousand dollars you're like oh in North America you're like a thousand dollars is cheap but yeah. guess what that thousand dollars they want it the whole year or two 24 years so that's months. 24 thousand yeah so that's like twenty four thousand dollars that you need to come up with for your rent. So wow. the challenge here is kind of like, okay, so if I came to Ghana with any type of money in trying to invest and establish a business and I need to rent a place, by the time I'm done renting the place, yeah. I, I don't have any money to do any business because <laughs> yeah. I put all my money into rent. And even in terms of like securing a storefront or like a location, a shop, let's say to run a business, by the time you, the landlord takes their one year upfront rent, Mm -hmm. you, it's like okay well I don't have the money to buy any like goods to put into the store you know so yeah. those are some of the challenges and some of the th or the obstacles that you're kind of faced with when you do move to Ghana is that mm -hmm. because it's such a cash system and there's no like credit and all of that stuff here it's mm -hmm. pretty much one of those situations where it's like you need to shell out a lot of money to be money. able to do things and you know the challenges that come with that alone and then sometimes not necessarily I would say a language barrier but in a way it is kind of a language barrier because certain things and certain ways in which you may say things or may do things mm -hmm. people kind of um may not necessarily understand it in that way like I'll give you an example that you know let's say 
cupcake boutique, for example, some of the girls in trying to get them to do certain things, like some of the people and some of the bakers in our kitchen, let's say, have gone to baking school in Ghana. And mm-hmm. you would think, okay, you know, baking school, pretty much you would think for the most part, okay, they should be able to do X, Y, Z. But, you know, it, it's very, very basic. And it's very, the skills are only pretty much almost like, I want to tell you, applicable in the region that they're in, you know. So mm. just sometimes the, the um, what's that, the the lack of like experience or the lack of uh, manpower to be able to do the basic things in in, in Ghana, because mm-hmm. in Canada, we learn a lot of transferable skills, right? Unless you're like, you go to school for a specific uh, profession, as in like doctor, let's say, not even so much lawyer, because lawyers have a lot of transferable skills, but um, mm-hmm. doctors and nurses, I would say a lot of times, they don't necessarily have transferable skills, yeah. right? Because yeah. as a doctor, you 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 learn in school to cut patients and do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, as correct. a nurse, you go to school and you learn to like do IVs and drips and X Y Z. But you know, let's say if you started if you studied marketing in school, if you don't get a job in marketing, you can get a job in let's say like communications or something, yeah. which kind of fall under the same under the same of, thing. Yeah, yes, where a lot of your skills can be transferable. So in Ghana, it's difficult to find you know the actual expertise or the actual um. Uh, what what would I say the actual like individuals to do what it is you want them to do just because they're not so diverse in their mm-hmm. way of thinking so sometimes that can be a little bit of a challenge okay okay wow wow I actually never thought about all that because um, I remember when I first decided to do my bag business called Sickle Bags and I wanted yeah. to move to Ghana I had initially partnered with someone to basically work with them and my, my plan was to for them to establish help me establish their warm up here and then once it's a little established I moved to Ghana but it was it was a disaster basically they <laughs> the money spent yeah. it budget right. wasn't what budget was not what it was like it was just a disaster and right. I had to basically park the business for a while because it wasn't what I thought it would be. So when I remember um, speaking to some of the persons, like, listen, you need to, if you want this business to succeed, you yeah. cannot depend on someone to start the business or exactly. to be there after. No, you no. need to they be will spend browse. all of your money. As Ghanians <laughs> yeah. say, they will chop all your money for you. <laughs> yeah. They will chop all the money. That's exactly yeah. what happened. They chopped yeah. everything. Yeah. And then I, to today, I'm still demanding for for some of the so at least some of it and i still haven't gone in. really priscilla because I, you should just consider it as cha- a charitable uh, donation you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what and that's, i that's should have but you know it, it's very painful because i'm like yeah. how can you because you know it's like you, it, how can i start a business thinking I, I you're a trustworthy person i started with no. you and then you basically squandered all the funds because no. you wanted to right um, so yeah, so I, I thought maybe, you know, that would be a good strategy, but yeah, I, I, from that experience, I know yeah. if I wanted to even start anything in Ghana, I have to be on ground to start it. Oh, and, yes. and that's exactly what you did. And that's why you see all the success that you see right now in your business. And I know the success is of course, um, it's, it's ongoing, but I mean, you have been able to create, um, a huge business in Ghana. I mean, nobody goes to Ghana and not visit Cupcake Boutique. You must. <laughs> it's you only must by visit. God's grace. And you know, <laughs> like I said, I can't, I can't take the credit alone because yeah. from my two business partners, from Ruby to Dede, they've been amazing in terms of 
keeping the um let's say the longevity of the business mm-hmm. um the fresh face the marketing like our social media page is amazing and ruby handles that then you know did it handles all the day-to-day like admin stuff the logistics and the movements of this and the training and also obviously i stepped away from the business um to get married and have a baby and all of that stuff so they kind of they've have literally taken it. it exactly and taken yeah. the business to the next level and they've been amazing but um i will say just to touch on you saying that you know doing business in ghana with a ghanian and not being on ground it's extremely difficult and i think a part of that has to do with the environment right so obviously a lot of people are not trustworthy a lot of people are not honest and that's just because poverty and, and, yeah. and it's it's sad that it, that's the case but you know people are hungry and when people are hungry they're willing to do any and everything Anything. that for them to eat so yeah. you know you you think that okay i'm coming to this country and the whole initiative for cupcake boutique was that you know what we've always wanted to employ females we have an all-female force um we only have two males which is like our security guy Mm -hmm. and our um our purchaser buyer guy who is a a guy but Mm -hmm. other than that like the whole business obviously is a female run more or less type um an entity or enterprise Mm -hmm. where we wanted to you know obviously empower Empower. women and let them know that you know they're able to do whatever it is that they put their mind to and all of those type of things but unfortunately the environment doesn't even foster that because you're trying to tell this person like you can still you know let's say have a child and still come to work and still thrive and still make it but in their mind they don't see how hard you've had to slave or suffer to get to where it is that you are where you are like they think it just kind of happened overnight so when they see that, they're like, okay, if Madame can do X, Y, Z, or if I see this happening, then why shouldn't I be able to, to steal do money for myself? No, mm-hmm. but like, you know what I mean? So it makes them not honest. Meanwhile, you're like, they don't know how much time, effort, sweat, tears, and all of that, that you put into the business for it to even get to the stage in which it's at for you to be able to employ, let's say 14 or so workers who every month take a paycheck, yeah. you know, like, the other day on our um our work group chat ruby had posted something in regards to like praying for the people who employ you because they've given you a job like i mean we're not employing a mass amount of people but knowing the fact that every month 14 individuals are dependent or on are relying on the cupcake boutique to feed their family to take mm-hmm. their children to school to do all of that I think is a blessing in itself. And even if you employ just two people, even if it's just one individual, just to know that you are more or less responsible for somebody, it should be a blessing. But unfortunately, the Ghanaians don't see it that way. So sometimes what your intentions are and the what you actually wanted to fulfill out of the purpose, mm-hmm. they can make it a little bit difficult and challenging and le- it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because mm-hmm. you're like, I actually want to genuinely help you but I can't genuinely help you because you think that I'm stupid because you, you're actually taking advantage of, mm. you know, mm. so that's where some of the challenges, some of the challenges come from. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I really, and I will commend you and your partners, um, the great work you guys are doing, because I mean, as I said, you can't, I mean, if you're going to Ghana, if you're listening to them, you're going to Ghana in December, you cannot 
say you're not visiting Cupcake Boutique, yes, you must go there and have a, at least one cupcake, you know? <laughs> and right. Or we have other, other than just the cupcakes, let me just take the there's time to other drop things. that in there. Yeah, yeah there's other like bagels, you know, sandwiches, smoothies, yes, everything, drinks, you know? Our refreshers, we have so many things, yeah. Yeah, so, so not only yeah. about cupcakes, guys, not only about cupcakes. Yes, <laughs> I know, it's called the Cupcake Boutique, but it's not only about cupcakes, there's so many yeah. other things. Online. So I, I really commend you guys on the work that you guys are Thank doing you. in Ghana, and I mean, um, also with the, with the female empowerment, you know me, I'm all about female empowerment and yeah. really, really promoting the female, um, basically independence and being able to right. uh, provide for themselves. So, yeah. I mean, would you say that, would you say that with the, with the aim of your business right now, what would you, would you attribute the aim currently right now as your success, as part of your success, I should say? Like, you know, your female empowerment and also like just basically even um, giving, you know, um, transferable knowledge that you're passing to some of these workers and also providing, you know, um, basically them depending on you for their pay each, each right. and every month. Right. Do you attribute all those things as part of your success? I would say that, um, again, it's a blessing to know that at the end of the month, a business in which I literally, and I'll tell you for free for today, Priscilla, like when we dreamt up and we're starting Cupcake Boutique, Dede, Ruby, and I in my mother's kitchen. So the story of Cupcake Boutique, let me touch a little bit of, on that. Um, I literally used to just bake from when I was younger. Like it mm. was never, I would go and buy like Betty. I used to, I used to do like a paper route and whenever I'd get like my $25, however many years ago, <laughs> like a long time ago, cause $25 yeah. now doesn't go anywhere. But mm-hmm. those days, my $25 went a long way and I'd go and buy like flour or like Betty Crocker cake mix. And I would like just bake cakes or like I would cook. I remember I used to make like sloppy jewels for my sister. Like I was always constantly doing something like watching mm. cooking shows anyway. So baking and cooking has always been something that I've absolutely loved. Um, I have a friend who always says that like every time I'm in Canada and he talks to me, I'm like in the kitchen, I'm always doing something in the kitchen anyway. So um, yeah, I started baking, started cooking and Obaya, um, I'm always forever grateful to her for the dream let's say of cup not that she I'm grateful to God but Obaya kind of like pushed helped push the the agenda and the initiative I remember um one day we were just talking and she's like yo like you you cook like you bake like how do you know how to do all of this stuff like do do like what do you do like how do you learn this stuff and I'm just like Obi you know what to be honest I don't know it's just something that I'm also extremely creative so it's just something that like comes to me and she's like so why don't you just start selling cakes like out of the house and I was like oh are you serious I I don't actually remember who my first like customer maybe was Mm -hmm. but yeah I I was baking like I would just people would place an order like hey can you make these cakes for me and I would do it and people were like you know it's great then before you realize that I would always get orders oh I want like six cupcakes I want so at some point I was like okay it has to be always a minimum of let's say like 12 because anything smaller like the batch like it doesn't make sense for me to because the same the same way prep that I'm going to use for 100 cakes is the same prep I'm going to have to use for six cakes. So mm. I'm not going to take anything smaller than, let's say, a box, like an order of 12 cupcakes. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I started it. And then I had some girlfriends who 
um, they were always like, oh my gosh, mommy, your cakes are so good. And then they would start telling people about it. And they also are very like well-connected. So I was constantly always getting orders. And then at some point, Obaya was like, yo, like you need to start and make this into a business. And I was like, oh my gosh, a business like cupcakes. Mm. And then of course in North America, that's when the whole like cupcake wave thing was kind of going on. Right. And Ah. I literally Came then obsessed with it. I was like, okay, I would watch cupcakes. I would read on cupcakes. I would like, I went to Holland and I took like a course over there. Then I, you know, enrolled in the Bond and Gordon School of Culinary just to like refresh my skills, not only on cupcakes, but like just on cakes and baking and the whole concept and okay. like the science behind baking and all of that stuff. And then I remember I went back to Canada one time and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start like a cake business. And mm. my sister at the time was working at, um, she was in corporate for Target when Target had just come to Canada. I think she okay. was a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dede was working at like another like company, like Unisor. She was also, and I was like, you guys should move to Ghana. Like, let's do this business together. And mm. they both studied like marketing, communications, PR type background. So I was like, yeah, like, let's make it an actual business. Like, it's not just going to be the selling of the cakes. Like, let's brand it. Let's market it. Let's do this. So I remember like we sat down and then I got a logo done and then this, and then we did this and we just, and when we sat down at my mom's kitchen table, we were like, oh my gosh, if we sell 50 cupcakes a day, like we're going to be billionaires. And yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, that was our target. That's like, good. You see the vision. Yeah, it's good to yeah. see the vision from the start, you know? We literally said see- 50 cupcakes a day. And like, we were happy if we sold 50 cupcakes a day. Like when we did our calculations, like any, any silly entrepreneurs right when you're like you yeah. don't calculate anything else anything but else the, like, <laughs> yeah. how much you're gonna sell your cupcake for and how much you're gonna yield like you know when you do like yeah. 50 times seven yeah <laughs> which is like 50 you're cupcakes not, a day and you're not, and you're not thinking day. about the expenses you're not exactly, thinking about electricity exactly, you're not thinking about anything course, like that exactly yeah. exactly like operating costs and logistics and this and that like yeah. none of that stuff really was coming to mind so then um we literally were like yes high five like yeah we got a business deal 50 cupcakes a day come on let's go and then we were like no 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 if we're legit gonna try to make this into a great business Mm -hmm. we need to seek guys who understand numbers so hence Mm -hmm. came in you know barima and k our two other business partners who like they're the background guys like the back back background guys who understand numbers so every cupcake that you eat at cupcake boutique Wow. Literally down to the T, we know like the cost of the flour, how much the icing should weigh, how much, like we literally decided we wanted to make it a business. So we needed to weigh like how much icing sugar we were going to use to Mm. make, you know, a batch of buttercream. And then they started doing our projections for us and what it was going to look like. And then they started forecasting this and then, you know, our whole Mm -hmm. cash flow and all of that. So, um, Wow. I would say that, a lot know, of work, like, a lot of work exactly, went into this. Exactly. Yeah. It was so, definitely you know, not some, overnight. <laughs> no, it definitely, <laughs> I mean, God being so good, this is going to be our fifth year this year. 20, wow. This is 2019. So this is our fifth year, which is such a blessing from all the struggles and the challenges that we've been through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the story of Cupcake Boutique is literally a, a five, let's say not even, so this is five years in business, but it was like a two year, a so two more year. kind of like wow. seven years, right? A two year before we got to, 
you know, this five years and all the stuff that happened behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 I mean, you've touched on so many, you've touched on so many things. <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions here I wanted to ask, but you know what? You've oh, touched please, upon, please, you, you touched more. upon <laughs> what actually inspired you, which I really like, you know, you, um, I, and I would say, I guess your the people you have, the people you have in your circle means goes a long way. Right. Okay. Because, um, they, some of the people in your circles are the ones that actually, um, you know, pushed you to start this, this, um, this business. And of course, people that you also have in your camp, like your sister and your cousin was able Mm -hmm. to, you know, help you push this idea and this vision forward. So, um, since we are still on that, what, what lessons like have you learned on this journey? (laughs) <laughs> what are some of the lessons you've I, I know you have your challenges but some what are some yeah. of the lessons you've, you've you've learned on this journey um so because I am a a faith-filled faith-based individual before mm-hmm. I touch on anything else I'm just gonna tell you God 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 and more God like God. if I if I tell you that any of the success of Cupcake Boutique is attributed towards any individual as in myself did it Ruby mm-hmm. I would just tell you that it's by the grace of God and um, tithing. And, you know, I don't know if you're how deep or how, how um, your faith is, Yeah. but um, I don't know if lately it's, there's this, there's this whole uh, um, uh, faith series going on with transformation church with pastor Todd, you know, it talks about like crazy faith, wavy faith and all of that. Like we have done things with cupcake boutique where we're like, anyone else would be like you guys are crazy like you guys Mm. have literally lost your mind like you're legit crazy Mm -hmm. I remember one time I think Dede and I went to church and um I think obviously growing up in the church of Pentecost has made us all of us understand what God can do the power of God God, um the importance of tithing and why Mm -hmm. it's so important to tithe because the tithe is your protection it's Mm -hmm. the it's what you give to God. It's what God uses to sustain your business. Yep. It's what is the business, you know? So mm-hmm. um, one time today and I went to church and I think we had closed the shop and all of our sales for the, I think it was maybe for a week or some days, it was some crazy type of like offering that we like, we gave at church. Like uh-huh. we literally put all of the, you can you imagine like you just started <laughs> a new business and let's say you've made like I don't know, maybe let's say you made $5,000 or so, whatever. And you uh-huh. literally drop it all in the offering bowl. And then when you're done, you're kind of like, oh, shoot, God, like, well, did we just do that? Because how are we going to eat tomorrow? Like, yeah. how are we going to pay our workers tomorrow type of thing? But God has continued and continues to prove himself faithful. Yeah. We just opened up a new location. And if I tell you how we even got to that location and literally like, our old location mm-hmm. faces our new location. And you know, oh, the Bible wow. says he will, he, 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 he sets a table for you in the presence of your enemies. enemies. He anoints your head with oil, mm-hmm. you know? So when we see, and that place, literally imagine five years, we, we always used to look at that place, not for once in a, in our lifetime, did we even ever think that like we were going to move over there. And it literally was like 24 to 48 hours before we had to like, move from the old location because of all the craziness that also comes with Ghana and landlords and this, Mm -hmm. and then they see your business is doing well. And then they want to be calculating your 
operating and how much profit you're making. Meanwhile, you're like, we agreed to pay you X amount of dollars. Mm. Just because you see the business is doing well doesn't mean that overnight you should just decide that you want to change the price in which we agreed to. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> the, the success of Cupcake Boutique and, you know, how far God has brought us and how he's continued to sustain the business, Priscilla. When we sat down, not for once in our lifetime did we ever think that like Cupcake Boutique was going to do so well. We're going to be on CNN and it was going to be like a more or less a destination spot when you come to Ghana, like you want to go to Cupcake Boutique. That was never (laughs) like, you know, we're small fish in a, in a big pond. Like, Mm. yes, the dream was just, you know, sell 50 cupcakes a day. We maybe some days can move 400, 350, 250, you know, so Mm -hmm. you went from 50 to the amount of cupcakes that you sell to drinks to all the other stuff that we sell to being like iconic to the Ghanaian economy, let's say yeah. as in everyone comes to Ghana, everyone can talk about that is cupcakes. yeah. Yeah. It is it I mean it is the hot yes, it is the yeah, hardest place to be cupcake when you come to Ghana. Yeah. That was never yeah. that was never our vision. But I think once you give it to God and you mm-hmm. say, Father, you me, Father, ordain my footsteps, he literally has continued to sustain the business and wow. continue to ordain our footsteps literally in the presence of our enemies and that's just all that it's been wow Um, wow 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 thank you so much you know what you attributed everything to god and and i i am a big faith believer i believe in god i believe everything that you do you need to you need to put god first that is it and and um one story this is maybe maybe off the chart i um i was this was like when i was like in my 20s and I was trying to you know I was trying to get this particular deal whatnot and literally I I I mean I serve in church I I am I'm in hospitality I've been in hospitality for like literally almost 10 years in my church and Mm -hmm. I remember at that time I was I was planning to get a certain something that you know and I literally didn't have any money on me but it was like literally my last drop and I remember my pastor called like you know what you guys whatever you know whatever you want to give come out and give and I remember literally dropping my last dime you know uh-huh. and uh-huh. I pay I pay my, I'm, I'm a fighter like I pay my tights all the time like I have right. to because it's very important like even like you know even mm-hmm. with um with stocks and stuff like that it's good if you know any some people that, that are buying into stocks they may think that you know they may not have to pay their tights on and you actually do need to pay it because that's how God is able to expand you and and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. multiply mm-hmm. so if you're if you are you know a church goer and you're not paying your tights you're listening to the podcast make right. sure you pay your time because we have someone here that is is a does attesting to what god has done for her i'm telling you i say that. i say even the tithing thing attributed to your spiritual bank account mm. that you're dropping money into a bank account because there's gonna be a day that you're gonna need to withdraw and yeah. that's what you tap into on the day that's how god like you know people talk about god having favor that's mm-hmm. the favor because mm-hmm. God has said, you know what, bring 10% to the storehouse and let me protect it. Let me use it to cover your business. Let me use it to shield your business. Let me use it to sustain your business. So when you're dropping that money, forget about, oh, and I think it's going to go to the pastor and all the other stuff that people say, mm-hmm. find a Bible believing church, church, a faith driven church. I don't yeah. care what church it is you go to. Just know that 
the one true doctrine is the word of God and it's in the Bible. Yeah. If they're a Bible believing church and you like that church and your spirit is settled at that church, pay mm-hmm. your tithe, whatever the pastor or whoever, or whatever does with that money, that's not your business. business you yep. have done what the Bible says in accordance to God's holy ordinance. And once you give it to God, as in through the channel of, you know, the church or whatever. Some people will say, oh, I won't pay tithe. I'm going to go give it to the, the orphanage. But the Bible didn't say go and give it to the orphanage. The Bible says bring 10% to the storehouse. The storehouse mm-hmm. is God's house. Yeah. Yes, you want to give to the orphanage. That's something else that's on its own. on the side, you know, correct. That's like your charitable. That's something else on its own. But in tithing to God, because anything you do for the kingdom of God should not like doesn't doesn't fail you anything you do to the kingdom of god is to his glory and god is not a god who is man who should lie so if you if god this is what god's word is and you say father this is what your word i'm standing on your word and i'm saying Mm. as my business i'm giving you this because you have said i should bring it to the storehouse use it to sustain my business that in times of need and in times of challenges may I withdraw from my spiritual bank account. Mm. May I withdraw the favor. May I withdraw the anointing. May I withdraw whatever it is that you have in store for me. And God surely will do it. Yep. You know, so and, and thank you so much, Aina. I mean, a lot of people, when they when they're thinking about business or they're starting the entrepreneurship journey, they don't think about God. They don't really put God first and God is not the center of their stuff, of their, Mm -hmm. of their vision, Mm -hmm. I should say. And I remember, I think I cut off the story when I was just talking so much, but I remember it was my, literally my last dime and I, and I had to give it to God. But the moment that I needed God, believe Mm -hmm. it, he came through for me and the money that I had put in, Aina, was the exact yep. amount that I needed. Needed, you see. I needed. Yep. That was I literally the exact amount I needed to close the deal. Yeah. And oh, I'm wow. like, I'm like, this, this, if this was not God, right? I don't know you what see. it was. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So it's um, exactly. it's um, yeah, definitely God must be the center. Even I mean, if you're moving like you when you moved to Ghana, God was well, God was the center of it, and you starting your business, God was the center of it. Yes. You must put God first in every single thing that you do. Yes. Another so thing I will touching say on is, this. Another thing I will say is that your walk with God is not like an overnight, like like you just arrived type of thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's an journey right yeah, so yeah. yes I'm I'm only human and yes I've made a lot of mistakes let's say or I wish I would have done some things different but um it says the bible says God ordains the steps of man so mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. wanting to let's say relocate somewhere pray to God about it ask God like father is this where you want me to be use me for your like sometimes we have our own will and then obviously God has his will, right? And it's God's will is what should be done. Father, let your will be done. You know, don't, don't, and God will show you signs as to like, maybe when you come to Ghana, sometimes, sometimes I'll be there brainstorming and I'll say, Father, maybe I'm trying to do something, you know, speak to me. Let me know, like, is this what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And before you realize that God shows you like so many ways or so many like examples as to maybe this is what he wants you to do or this is where he wants you to be and sometimes we get frustrated let's say you come to Ghana and you will say you want to sell like hair and let's say the hair business doesn't work then somebody just wants to up themselves and like uproot and go back to wherever it is they came from Mm -hmm. 
But maybe your blessing isn't attached to that hair business. Maybe your blessing is attached to something else. So you know when they talk about people's passion and do the business that you like within your passion, look within yourself and ask, like, what do I actually excel in? What do I do well in? What do I enjoy? Because when you do something that you actually enjoy and that it's who you are as a person, Trust mm-hmm. me, going to work doesn't become a chore. Like yeah. you actually go to work because it's something that you love to do that you will go to work all day, every day and do it with and joy. It. Yeah. Making money. Yeah. You know it's very I, true. I, yes. It's very true. It's very, very true. Like I, um, I, I, you already know what my business that I'm, I've been, I've been working on and that's, that's my passion. Like everything right. that I do is about that. So, um, right. it really, really following your passion, I guess, and basically, you know, praying to God to guide you and, and, and you know, guide right. your footsteps and making sure that whatever decision you're making, whoever you're meeting, you know, it's, it's in line with your vision. It's in line with God's vision. But thank right. you so right. much, Aina. Thank you for dropping the gems today. Thank I do have a few questions. <laughs> I do have some few questions. I no, wanna... I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, and, um, I'm... What, one thing I want to <laughs> ask you, I, I know um, we're talking a lot about business. We're talking about relocation and everything like that. Um, like, how did you scale up your business to the level that's it's at right now and how like are you I know you you mentioned your partners and everything like that but I really right. want to know how you're able to scale it up and how you're able to even continue to keep it relevant online and offline yes so um of course I will say that I I myself am not the computer savvy techie stuff anything you see online in regards to social media is heavily attributed to like <laughs> Ruby and Dede who are like okay the i would say my uh not baby boom what are they called what is this generation z generation x type of like you know they they their generation understands like you know the tech and the social media mind you i have a daughter who's like Gemma's 13 years old and Gemma knows all these amazing things how to use a computer to do this and i'm just like Gemma, you know what i just want word and the internet like I just want to type a document and I just want word and the internet I don't do all that fancy gadgety stuff Mm -hmm. meanwhile Gemma or Dede and Ruby are amazing at that stuff so a lot of times like you know we'll all sit down and say okay we want to do this we want to do that and they can execute it in such Mm -hmm. a way like I said I've been away because of um getting married and having a baby and all of that kind of stuff so they literally have taken to the next level where you know there's certain things I remember one time I was asking Ruby something on like Instagram like how do I look at some story or whatever and she's kind of like really Aina like you don't know how to do this and I'm like no I just know that the Instagram I can like certain things I'm just not that crazy tech savvy on I can Mm -hmm. put together a whole campaign great Ruby can execute it so you know Uh. I attribute I, I attribute a lot of that to them just because um they understand that demographic like their age group i'm a little bit older Mm -hmm. than them so you know it it, my 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 generation or my group but nowadays i would say like pretty much everyone is on social media for the most part so you know social media is the most (laughs) um accessible and that i would say apart from the whole god factor social media has been amazing you know they say it's a gift and a curse for us Mm -hmm. for the business it's been so much of a gift because social media you can literally be in one place and reach a multitude of individuals all across the world Mm -hmm. and speak to everyone um just via let's say pictures via videos and all of that kind of stuff so 
Um, I would say social media marketing. We haven't really had to do crazy, crazy marketing outside of social media. So once again, that's attributed to it. But I think another thing that I would say is attributed to the business is the fact that we're all so very passionate about it that you know, we literally like and love what it is that we do. We, mm-hmm. it's like our baby, our brainchild, you know, so mm-hmm. every work all constantly always trying to find ways, means, ideas, like innovative things to do, um, interacting with the customers and with the clients, um, just being able to come down to the grassroots and just deal with people. Like, yes, I think last week I just got back to Ghana and I was in the kitchen with the girls and I asked them, you know, how they were finding it. Um, being these, this, this is a new, a new girl who just started, I think maybe mm-hmm. about a few months or a year ago. And she said, Oh, you know, madam, I really like this environment. Like I used to work somewhere else, but it's not, it's rare that like, you'll be able to interact with like your boss it, like that, you know, and th- that's, a, um, there's like in Ghana, they put this type of inferiority type complex for people, for their mm-hmm. workers, right? Like yeah. your workers can't come and talk to Madame. Like you have to go through a different channel. Like, who do you think you are? You're just a worker. And we at the Cupcake Boutique have never, ever made anyone feel less than or Fair have rare. never made anyone feel like, oh, we're from a brooche, so or like we're from abroad, so we're better than you. Like, write me a letter, don't talk to me type of thing. No, we mm. literally are down with these girls on their knees if we need to be where we're interacting with them we're constantly trying to teach them we're constantly trying to learn we're constantly trying to help them out in terms of you know somebody will have a baby okay well you have a baby you went and had a baby you don't have anyone to help you look after the baby okay you know bring the baby to work there's so many girls here you need to work somebody's gonna have to hold your baby for you or put your baby on your back like it sounds a little bit absurd but unfortunately you have to work and your baby also needs somebody to take care of them so if you like your job that much we can help you until you find somebody that's going to help you with the baby bring your child to work type of thing you know so I think the I will also attribute apart from God social media I would say our our ability to be able to interact with our customers with Mm -hmm. our employees um, just as if they're all basic human beings, like yeah, we're, yeah. we're all human, you know, we're all people, we all deserve love, we're all flawed, we're all, all of those things. So I think um, just being able to, you know, develop ourselves, develop people, our interpersonal skills, our, you know, our development as in with the girls, with ourselves has also been a part of the great success of um, Cupcake Boutique. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, Aina, for dropping the gems today. So um, before I conclude um, this episode, Aina, I have one question for you. Um, If you had one piece of advice for someone who is considering to relocate and start a business, what would it be? I would say that the first and most important thing in opening up any type of business is understanding the business, knowing the craft, learn about it, take time off, like Mm. do a course, do some research, read up on it day and night over the internet. I mean, the internet is literally like the library nowadays. Not all information is correct, but you know, gone are the days where you actually had to go to the library to like get a book or an encyclopedia encyclopedia to like get information now literally yes now literally everything is at the tip of your of your um thumb you know like 
you go on Pinterest, you go on social media, you go on this, you read, you, and then everything is there. Learn, 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 and constantly continue to learn, constantly continue to come up with new and exciting, innovative ways to improve your business. Don't, mm. don't feel like, you know, don't settle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I really like the fact that you, you you talked about development because a lot of people, even though they may um con- they may consider to do a certain type of business, they feel like you know what maybe I have some type of idea about it, so I can go ahead and start. But it's mm-hmm. always good to kind of perfect the craft and. And if exactly. you have to go to school or you know gain that knowledge, you need to do that. And right. and that I think that would of course help you in the long run. And also like you know at least at least when you're when you're when you are gaining that knowledge you know that you'll be able to also pass it on to someone that's also trying to learn from you right so um thank you thank you so so much Aina for dropping the gems today I'm going to end the um the episode here and I really hope that you'll be able to join us next time um yes um, I would love it anytime whenever you need (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you you so much for having me once again to all of your listeners if you will be coming or if you are coming to Ghana this Christmas for this year of return and all mm-hmm. of that other exciting stuff that everyone is so excited about. Please make sure to pass by the Cupcake Boutique. Yes. <laughs> opposite the UBA. Um, we're going to have so many exciting things going on. We have so many new flavors of cupcakes. We have so many new drinks and just so many exciting stuff. Like I said, we're definitely um, can't wait for all of our Toronto uh, customers to come down or our Toronto, our fellow Toronto uh, patriots to come down to patronize the business. Um, Americans, UK, Holland, everywhere, everyone. (laughs) Come on over. (laughs) Come to the Cupcake Boutique. We can't wait to see you. If you have any questions, feel free to stop by, ask us whatever it is you want to ask us. Myself, Aina, Ruby, or Dede are more than willing to help everyone or any. There's a lot of people that may be listening to this this podcast and be wondering how do they get it, how can they talk to you or get in contact with you if they need some type of advice about relocation and, and business and all that. How so, would they reach you? Right. So if not through um our Instagram, the Cupcake Boutique GH, Cupcake, sorry, Cupcake Boutique GH. Um, my email address is U for Umbrella, D for David, S for Sam, Ghana at gmail.com. That's U-D-S-Ghana at gmail.com. And I'm actually even really thinking about doing one type of informative night or like one session in Ghana with the returnees of people who want to come back, who have questions, who want to, you know, start business. Like I said, having someone to kind of help you navigate through the channels and the waters of you know, registering the business, setting up, looking for a place to do the actual business, having a mentor type type um, of program. We definitely, I think we should look into doing something. That would be a very, very good initiative to start. Um, there are a lot of people that have moved to Ghana um, as a returnee or people that are considering to relocate. Um, however, there's not much resources out there or institutions or organizations that has been set up to help people with your transition and navigate through the nitty-gritty and the systems in Ghana. So uh, I think with your new initiatives that you have in mind, I think that would actually go a very long way to help returnees and help people in the diaspora that are planning to move to Ghana. And I really, really hope that you do follow through with it. And I know you will. <laughs> but I will end our um, our session here. Thank you. Thank you so 
much, Aina, for dropping the gems today. It's been an insightful um, session, and I really hope that our listeners have been able to gain knowledge and also been able to gain some information from you. Um, if you are listening today and you, um, you, you know someone that's planning to relocate or even start a business in a new environment, please share this podcast with them, and I hope that you'll be able to learn from Aina and whatever we've discussed today. Um, you can go ahead to also share it on Instagram, on Twitter, also on Facebook, or any other social media platforms you have. Um, and, and I think that the more you share, the better our, our, our sessions will be. So please um, go ahead and share it. And also please send us our feed, your send us your feedback if you do have any um any topic you would like you would like for us to discuss um, next time, please go ahead and, and share with us. You can send us um, an email at p barago at handsoverhero.org. So it's p barago at handsoverhero.org. I will put in the description of this podcast for you to get that. If you want to send us an email, if you want like to be part of this podcast in the future. So thank you guys once again for tuning in, and we hope you tune in next time. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning into Gems for Success. We hope you enjoy this episode. Your feedback is very, very important to us. Please feel free to email us or leave a voice note on our anchor platform. And we hope you got the gems.